a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. It's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, uh, as some of you uh, may know, I'm kind of a big music guy. And, uh, and, and by the way, do you ever notice that when people tell you that they're big music guys or gals, like they, sometimes like they say it in a way like they've cracked the code, like nobody else is into music, you know, like there, there's some sort of like secret door of, of records that only they're privy to. And sometimes it can sound very pretentious. So apologies in advance if this sounds pretentious at all. And today's guest, who uh, probably a big music guy in his own right, uh, is the furthest thing from pretentious. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing up music is he always uh, reminds me of a song that I love uh, from a rather obscure artist uh, named David Wilcox. Now, some of you may have heard of Dave Wilcox. Uh, he's not very well known, but he's amazing. Uh, kind of singer, songwriter guy. Kind of like if James Taylor met like Malcolm Gladwell and met C.S. Lewis. He looks, he's like this, this just like combination, incredibly deep, but with some sneaky, you know, like humor and divinity thrown in for good measure. So anyway, uh, David Wilcox has this song called Make It Look Easy. Okay. And one reason that it reminds me of today's guest is that the verses of the song depict these really cool outdoor adventures, which as you're going to hear here in a second, uh, personify the fella that you're going to meet here today. Uh, but beyond the outdoor adventures, uh, it's really the song's overarching message that really embodies today's guest. And it's kind of captured in this line. So the line goes, uh, you can't keep it in a camera, not a trophy on a shelf, not a tale to tell the children, not a way to prove yourself. It's much bigger than we are, can't claim it as your own, but you got to climb the mountain to find your way back home. Ah, oh, so good. And it rhymes. It's just a great message. And it is so reflective of our guest. He is indeed a very big outdoorsman. Uh, and he's also a big businessman uh, with a big brain and a big heart uh, who has worked on some of the world's biggest brands. Uh, and, uh, and he's also worked and lived in cities that most of us uh, take destination vacations to, you know, like San Diego, Bozeman, Montana. I mean, come on. It's, it's, this guy does not slum it. Okay. Uh, he's also an incredibly faith-filled overachieving family man who has raised a quite literally beautiful family, uh, with a wife who Betsy and I love just as much as him, uh, and kids that we would take as our own tomorrow. Uh, he's a great son, great brother, great friend. And as everybody who's listening now who knows him uh, can attest, he is the creator of the greatest margarita you will ever drink. Okay. So back to our song. Uh, he makes all this look so easy, all of it. And, uh, and how? How does, he, how does he make it all look so easy? Well, 
I have my theories, uh, which have uh, something to do with why he's on this podcast in the first place. But you know what? Let's hear it from uh, let's hear it from the man of man himself. Uh, let's welcome Mr. Dan Chumbler. Hey, Dan. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for that really kind and just overly flattering introduction. That was uh, just crazy. Uh, wow. I, I, I'm not going to be able to live up to it, but. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, you certainly will. So, and, and, you know, I'm just so excited uh, to be talking to you. So excited for those that don't know you to get a chance to meet you uh, today. And, and um, you know, uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of pick up right kind of where the intro kind of left off. You know, of all of our Mana guests, I think you have been uh, our most sort of consummate. Uh, well, you like uh, you and like a Mitch Petrie, let's say, have been our most consummate like outdoorsmen. Okay, They're just people who are out there in nature and just in just just celebrating this wonderful world uh that we have uh you're living in as i mentioned you're living in montana now with you know mountains and and you're even closer to jesus with all this elevation out there so we'll get to that in a second but you know for as long as i've known you i don't think i know where the whole like outdoor thing you know the hunting the fishing the camping i mean where did that even come from? Uh, I kind of wanted to start there because I realized uh, I don't even know really the origin story of just kind of this outdoor enthusiast. Where did that come from? Sure. Yeah. Well, like many, I think that take up hunting or other outdoor pursuits, it came from my parents. So my dad, it's kind of a funny story. My dad grew up outside Detroit, but when he was young, his dad, my grandfather, used to take them up to the thumb area, as it's called in Michigan, and uh, for the pheasant hunting. And he enjoyed it so much that they moved there. So my hometown, as I think you know, is Bad Axe, Michigan. But the reason my dad and his family settled there was because uh, ring-necked pheasants were prolific. And uh, my grandfather was a great outdoorsman and he got my dad into it. And then my dad got my brothers and I into it. And it's something we've done uh, from a very early age. And if you're thinking more broadly about other activities like golf, my mom played golf. And, and so it's something we did as a family is uh, enjoyed the outdoors. And I've tried to instill that in my kids too and keep it going. Yeah, that's so cool. And I didn't, I didn't realize that you actually, that's how the family moved there. So you guys moved for the birds, like your folks yeah. moved there. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, put. Yeah. well and you talk about, about with, with, uh, so, and such a cool connection with both your dad and then your, your grandpa. And like you say, you, you, you know, you've got two girls and, and a son and I, you know, all of the, all of your kids grew up you know, surrounded by it and really enjoying it. So was that something that as, as you, I mean, did they really have a choice, you know? I mean, as they were growing up, was this just kind of part of the, this is going to be part of the, almost the legacy of, of the Chumbler family? Well, it's interesting. We, you know, just like you as a parent and your family, I, I, I just, we love your family so much and um, have just enjoyed our friendship. Uh, but what I, I try and do with my kids is just expose them to a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any mandates uh, but when the girls were young, uh, we got involved in these Indian princess program. Now it's uh, adventure princesses through the YMCA when we were living in Southern California. And it's a dads and daughters program. And the girls have to be between ages five and 10. And you go on one camp out 
a weekend, one, one camp out per month. And, uh, it's, it's great bonding for the dads, but it's such an incredible experience for dads and daughters to experience together. And so that formalized program, that organized program helped me in a way carve out the time in my busy schedule to spend it with my daughters in the outdoors. And what's so gratifying uh, is they enjoy it today. So when they come out here over 4th of July weekend, we'll hike to a remote lake and go fishing because they, they love it. And it's something that we do together. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, and as you know, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I am not known for my hunting or <clears throat> really, even though I enjoy fishing, uh, neither, uh, neither, uh, prowess there in any of the fine arts of outdoorsmanship. In fact, I remember the first time I went pheasant hunting with a group, I, the first time I heard a gunfire, I honestly thought I was at war. And I just, I think I literally <laughs> cowered. Uh, <laughs> just so many gunshots at the same time. Anyway, um, but what I, what I, what I admire and what I've always, you know, kind of um, been attracted to uh, is when you know, hunters like, or, or just, you know, nature enthusiasts like yourself, um, you know, will talk about just like you just did there, you know, experiences with your kids or with friends and the camaraderie. And then also just, you know, I mean, you're out there in creation, you know, you're, you're hiking a mountain or you're, in, you know, sitting in a deer stand for eight hours and you know, you've got all that time um, with either people that you're very close to, uh, or just with yourself and your thoughts, how much of the, how much for you, um, cause it doesn't have to be, but how much of, of that experience in, you know, whether it's physically, you know, being, being reminded by, you know, okay, we're, we're really part of something a lot bigger, you know, than just, <laughs> than just ourselves as you're looking at some great mountain landscape or some beautiful river um, or, or just more of that time that you have to, to be reflective, you know, how, how, I guess what I'm trying to get at is how, is there a spiritual element at all, you know, to this time that you're spending, you know, outdoors either by yourself or with others? For sure. For sure. Um, you talk about hours on end on a, in a deer stand you have time to reflect. And it, it is one of the things that I enjoy most about it, just that alone time. I, I love to hunt and fish with friends and family, but I also enjoy the time alone in nature. And it, as people who do it and appreciate it, know it's, it's not about uh, the kill. Um, mm -hmm. It is about experiencing nature, being out in nature and God's creation. And sometimes you see some miraculous things. And, and as I, I talk to my brother about sometimes, even if, you know, you go turkey hunting or deer hunting and you don't see anything, it's still an incredible way to start the day. So, yeah. yes, there, there are times where I spend a good portion of the downtime, so to speak, praying or reflecting, um, and, and there's no better place to do it than the great outdoors. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I do think, you know, being in the great outdoors and with nature and around, you know, God's creation is a very sort of like, that's a really short line you know, or short distance to, to have to travel between, 
you know, our, ourselves and sort of something greater and, and, and God and, and how miraculous, but I would say, you know, Dan, you, you, uh, reflect, uh, and I feel like you cherish that time, you know, in nature and in the other, just as much in other aspects of your life, like everything you, everything you tackle, you tackle with this, you know, glee is kind of a weird word, but I mean, just with this joy, with this, you know, this appreciation for just the goodness of just what we're all so blessed with. And so, you know, and, and as I say, nature, like, kind of meets us more than halfway because we're like, oh my gosh, this is super easy to appreciate, <laughs> but, but everything about your life you appreciate. And so like, was that something when you look back on, in, on your upbringing, like, was that, was that just part of the, was that just in the water at the Chumbler household growing up? I mean, were you, were you just a positive, appreciative, you know, kind of grateful kind of family? Well, there's no doubt my parents played a big role in that, but I, I think that, I, I don't know when it was, but uh, I think pretty early in life, I realized that, you know, our attitude is something we can choose. And I remember when we first got married, Lisa joked about me seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> and she was talking with one of my college buddies about it, right? And I'll make no apologies for it. Because, and, and, and maybe um, I'm a little overly optimistic at times, but I, I choose to see uh, the good in people and mm-hmm. I choose to view the world in a positive light. And, and again, I, I would credit my mom probably more than anyone in, in helping me realize that. Um, but as I look back on my life, I've been so blessed I've been so blessed with great friends and family and uh, careers uh, that have taken me to, as you pointed out earlier, some incredible places. The adventure of my life has been so positive. Mm -hmm. And um, I really think some of that is by choice and some of it is by the grace of God, certainly. Um, But, uh, you know, you can choose your attitude and, and I choose to be happy and be positive. And, and, you know, the other thing that uh, I, I try and uh, set an example for my kids, because we know that life isn't always going to go the way you choose. And yeah. we are all going to, at some point in our lives, encounter some hardship or uh, some loss, uh, so some challenges and, to be able to demonstrate that in the face of difficult situation that we can be positive and we don't have to um, let that get us down, um, I think is important for my kids to see too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you and Lisa both, you know, uh, made sure that, you know, the kids, the family grew up in a, in a, in a, you know, very loving, very faith filled, you know, kind of family. And so there was, there was, uh, you know, all, all those Sundays seeing the Chumblers, you know, uh, come up for communion right behind us. <laughs> so obviously that was a big, you know, part of, of something that you guys prioritize. Was that, was that connection to the faith 
similar for you growing up? Like, were, what, did you grow up in a, I mean, obviously a very positive, very affirming home. How, how conspicuous was the faith life for you as a kid? So my dad was Baptist and uh, my mom was Catholic and, uh, but, but she grew up in a Catholic family. So it is just what we did. Mm-hmm. And, and so she set the example, just like her parents had for her. And, you know, they certainly uh, led by example and doing the right things and leading your life um, in, in a way that uh, we, we should, right? Just, again, just kind of doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going to church and, and the Catholic upbringing was a part of how I was raised, as was Lisa. And um, I, I think uh, more than anything, it's you know, not the hour in church on Sunday, but it's the rest of the hours of the week and how you conduct yourself and what you do and what you say and how you treat people um, is the example uh, that, that we try and set. And, uh, you know, Lisa's at the center of it. She's the rock of our family and she is the kind of glue that connects us because as I've kind of, you know, followed opportunity with my career and had some really fun jobs and and she she's been um you know she's picked up parenting duties where i've left off and um and and been such a huge part of helping get our kids to a place where they are you know contributing members of society and and we're so proud of them but uh credit credit to her for that I know we're both very blessed in that regard for sure. What about what, you know, you're, you've, you know, as you have, you know, um, played roles in business and in the community at school, you know, coaching that whole thing, you've, you've been a role model for so many, uh, young people. Who were some of the guys that you remember when you were growing up that were particularly formative for you? So certainly my dad and, and I had uncles too, um, that, that played roles, my grandfather on my mom's side. So, um, he kind of took me in and helped. I, I was his helper, his right-hand man, as he used to call me uh-huh. doing yard work with him. And he was a man of faith and he used to help, uh, take care of yards for elderly women and, I, I would uh, help him mow and trim. And, and so uh, we had a special relationship and, and, and I certainly had coaches and teachers who were influential, influential in, in my life and set good examples for me. And then e- even early in my career. So my first job out of college was working for Louisville Slugger in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, there was a, a guy named Dick Sawyer who was at the end of his career. And uh, he, like in life and in business, he, he used to say, Chumbler, was there not a barber where you were this weekend? Like he, he I mean, every aspect of life, he was make sure that I was going to, uh, you know, do the right thing and, and uh, be, be presentable, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I was very blessed to have, uh, many men in my life who, uh, helped mentor and, and shape who I became. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. That is so, that is so great. And I do think it's, it is, and I love what you said earlier about, you know, as important as, you know, weekly mass is, which is super important. You know, it is, it's all those other hours that sometimes I feel like we lose sight of and we forget the opportunities that we have as men and women to just reflect, you know, the love that Jesus has for us, the, the, the divinity, the opportunities that we have to bring the divine into our everyday. And it's, and it's even in, in the, you know, did I have a barber, you know, where you are? It's just <laughs> right. the, the little shaping, you know, those are little graces that, that were afforded throughout our lives. And then I just think that's wonderful, you know, that you recognize that. Yeah. What thanks. about, um, what about, you know, nobody gets to this age, not that either of us are that old, but you know, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of laps around the track by now mm -hmm. and you know, whether it's through <clears throat> families or friends, or, I mean, just, you have this much tread on the tires and you know, you go through some, you, you know, you hit some, some potholes, you know, and actually the song that I mentioned earlier, uh, which is all about, you know, you make it look easy. I mean, part of one of the verses in the song is actually, you know, all the hard landings, I think it's when he's talking about like the, the, the BMX biker or something, all the hard landings teach you how to fall. Mm. Um, and that's, I think that's just such a wise phrase for all of us. How, how have your, and again, not that you've, you haven't had any, you know, uh, undue or untoward or, you know, any extraordinary hard landings than, than anybody else, but you've maintained such, again, this positivity, this, this faith, you know, it just in, in how it's all going to work out. Um, what do you draw on? Uh, what have you drawn on through life, you know, to kind of, you know, pick yourself back up and, and kind of, you know, get back on the bike or get back on the, on the, get back on the skis or, or whatever they right. are. You know, what, 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 what are you drawing? Well, I, I have had, I've been so blessed with so many people around me who have propped me up when mm -hmm. I've needed help certainly don't do it, haven't done it on my own. And, but I, I have tried to uh, look at the glasses always half full um, mm. because again, we all run into those potholes, right? That it's just life. Life throws us um, challenges sometimes with which we have to deal. And we, we see people that are so far, worse off than us all, all around us. And, and, uh, just having, um, uh, friends and family and support and love around me all the time. Uh, it's been, it's been relatively easy to find the bright side and to keep a positive attitude, um, which has then, uh, led into, uh, you know, not only do you get through those rough patches, but you usually land on a place that's even better. Yeah. So uh, I, I give credit to uh, friends and family and support um, that, that I've had throughout my life. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I know you and I have shared the <clears throat> the great, great uh, quote or saying or whatever that I, I didn't clearly not make up, but I heard years ago. And, you know, you and I have shared it where, you know, God's imagination is way better than ours, way better, you know? So no matter how great we think our life might be, <laughs> might be or could be, uh, there's always, 
there's always a sixth gear that uh, no doubt can, 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 can well and and i would say too as a, as a friend you 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 get what you give and you have been so generous uh to all of your friends uh and your family with that that exact same kind of support um when people are you know, and not everything's a catastrophe, but just even when people are just not having a great day or just having not a great moment. I mean, you're just, I think that, that approach that you have and that light that you operate with, that is, uh, that comes from your upbringing and comes from God, it just comes through. And that's just, um, it's kind of that sort of virtuous kind of circle. So anyway, Hey, we are, we are already at the, uh, at the fun segment of the yes. big show here. So <clears throat> I know you are, you are fully prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Grilling here of the same three <laughs> questions that we ask every guest. Uh, and, uh, and that's how we kind of wrap up the show. So, uh, so here we go. Uh, fun segment question. Number one, if, uh, if Jesus, uh, knocked on your door tomorrow morning and given where you live in the very sort of like just almost uh, heavenly uh, area that you that you do live out there in Bozeman. I have a feeling Jesus is like your next door neighbor. So this could happen every day. For <laughs> so let's just say, let's pretend it doesn't. Uh, so Jesus knocks on your door tomorrow morning and just wants to hang out with you for the day. What are you going to do with Jesus? Wow. Uh, what a day, right? So yeah. I think I would start by asking for forgiveness uh, for, for all my sins. But then I think I would make a tea time. I think we would go play golf. Uh, there's an old joke. It's very cliche, but if you're caught in a thunderstorm on the golf course, uh, you could take a one iron out of your bag and hold it up because even God himself (laughs) could not hit a one iron, right? So nobody hits a one iron anymore, but it would be cool to see if Jesus could hit a long iron, right? Right. And, uh, and if you hit your ball in the water, just have them walk out there and get it right. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. And then we would, after golf, we'd come back to my house and I would, uh, make Jesus one of my margaritas, see mm-hmm. what he thinks. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'd probably, I'd invite, uh, everybody I knew over to share Jesus with them and we'd have elk tacos and margaritas. That's awesome. That is a great, great day. And you'd have to give us lead time because we would hop on a plane and get out there. And <laughs> that would be fun, wouldn't it? For both Jesus and the Margs. Uh, <laughs> that would be it. So that's great. All right. Fun segment question number two. If you could go to church with any other guy, uh, living or dead, famous or not, who are you going to church with? Um, I think it would be my dad. Um, I, I miss him. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he was, he was raised Baptist. And when we went to church as a family, he wouldn't go. So growing up, it was mom and the kids going to church, not dad. And, um, later in life, um, I, I think he became maybe more spiritual, Hmm. um, but he didn't, there was no pretense about the man. Like he was a man of very few words. Um, and uh, he led by example, but he did not attend church. So I would bring my dad along and, and I would enjoy that a great deal. Yeah, that'd be great. 
All right, fun segment question number three. And uh, this is one that if if Finn is listening, he might he might go like, oh my gosh, I've heard that my whole life. But this one is about advice, okay? So if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, a little bit further upstream, uh, just about living living your life, living the life that you've led now uh, of, of, of faith, of positivity, of confidence, you know, confident faith without being overbearing, just living and, and walking with, with Jesus. Uh, what would be that one piece of advice? Well, um, I don't know if I've worn Finn out with this yet or not, but maybe I have with the girls. Uh, because as they set about their careers and kind of went through that interview process, one of the things I encouraged them to do was don't think about how this job is perfect for you and talk about um, how you're such a great fit. Think about it from their perspective, the employer's perspective, and think about how you can help them achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, and so putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think it's, I, I don't know if it's generational where that seems, there seems to be this tendency to, um, and, and, and maybe it's all of us at, at, at the younger age, we think of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just this encouragement um, to think of others, whether that be in a, a potential employer or um, just in conversation with others, uh, try and put yourself in uh, another person's shoes. Um, and, and, and when you do that, I think you just gain um, a better understanding of, of those around you and how you can enhance the lives of other people. I love that. So true. Empathy always wins. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a, it's as much a reminder to myself, right? Cause we, 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 we don't, uh, it, it's very easy to slip it back into thinking of yourself first, or it's all about you or the problems you're experiencing or, uh, what's on your mind. And, and if you can just, it, it's hard. Uh, to, to do it consistently, but it's so rewarding uh, when you do. Amen to that. Well, Dan Schumbler, I could talk to you uh, all day, uh, which would be great for me and likely boring for everybody else listening. So uh, we're going to wrap <laughs> up, but I just thank you so much for sharing uh, just a little bit of yourself uh, with our listeners here and just want to thank you for being such a great friend, a great husband, a great dad, just a great, a great human, uh, someone that, uh, who lives life with that glass, not even half full. It's like, it's like full, it's full. And even it's just full (laughs) and (laughs) great example for the rest of us. And, uh, just really, really love you so much. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.